uh, each one of these codes, they pertain to a certain system in the government and how they should um, handle any type of payment that comes across their desk. Hi, Southern, are you on? Hello. Hey. Hello? I'm here. I wanted to ask, um, uh, we were talking about money earlier, and um, I guess people can still go over the money doc uh, if in the file section. I wanted to ask you, do you see the file section when you go to Facebook? Uh, yeah, so the, is this files? You know, I, I don't see the, the files when I go in there. I, I was trying to upload the money mechanics doc, and I couldn't find the files. Like the section where all the files are kept? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see it. I, I looked at it over there for like an hour. Um, so I know people are, they try to discharge debts, and I guess that's the main topic this week. So I wanted to go over a little bit of understanding with reference to when I go to these codes, what agency, instrumentality, or institution of government do these rules and policies and procedures apply to? So I went into 31 U.S.C. 5118. And Senator, where did I say that pertain to who? Finance? Yeah. So... Uh -huh. I'm supposing that what was being read there pertains to government or any kind of financial or financing institution. And I think people forget the laws that are written here are written to govern each institution or government business. Um, even public or private. But it doesn't say you per in particular as a man or a woman unless you're going to declare yourself an individual. Would that be assumed to uh, say that that's correct, Southern? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with right, that, well, I want to go over the thing, which is the 31 U.S.C. 5118. Okay. And that supposedly, according to this recording, is about discharging the debt. Okay. Um, but what I wanted to let you know, uh, I'm in uh, codesfindlaw.com. 31 U.S.C. 5118, U.S. Code, Title 31, money and finance, okay? So when you go in here, um, it's telling you what it means when they're talking about money and finance under their rules and regulations, okay? So it, I'm going to read it to you. Here's eight. 
In this section, in quotation marks, gold clause means a provision in or related to an obligation alleging to give the obligee a right to require payment in A is gold, B, a particular United States coin or currency, or C, United States money measured in gold or a particular United States coin or currency. Okay? Uh, Public debt obligation means a domestic obligation issued or guaranteed by the United States government to repay money or interest. What would you think that means, Southern? I don't know. It's see the interpretation of this stuff. Okay, it's is vague. They have something called constitutional vague. Right. Right. Where they write this stuff, and basically the only person that really understands it are the people who wrote it. Right. Now, part of the problem we have in this country is everything is written by lawyers and and passed through the House Judiciary Committee. Most of the people sitting in Congress don't even understand what some of this stuff says. And I, I found that out over two decades ago. You know, they they don't know the law. Mm-hmm. You know, you got legislators in the states that don't know the state laws. You know uh, what they mean, and you know these people are passing this stuff, and you know they don't know what it says. Uh, right. Uh, I'll give you a, cl- a classic example: uh, the uh, Patriot Act, Section Eight Hundred Two clearly makes it clear that intimidation and coercion of civilian population uh, is domestic terrorism. Okay? Mm-hmm. Well, what accounts to They right. intimidate the virtue. So that would right. be a form of be domestic terrorism. What do the courts do? They intimidate and coerce you. Okay, domestic terrorism. Right, but what I'm saying here is they're saying that a public debt obligation means a domestic obligation. This is according to finance and banking, I guess. Let me see. Who is it for? Uh, Okay. This is Title 31, Money and Finance. Okay. Uh-huh. So people who work in this field are saying, according to the government, uh, hold on, that a public debt, according to them, means a domestic obligation issued or guaranteed by the United States government to repay money or interest. Okay. So... The obligation is a domestic one, according to them, uh, and it's issued by them, or it could be a guarantee 
by the United States government to repay money or interest. So it is, they're the obligee. They're the ones who's telling you, you got to do this, right? Um, yeah. They're the obligors, right? You're the obligee. So what does it mean? They're calling this a domestic issued, uh, domestically issued, guaranteed by the United States government to repay money or interest. This is the guarantee that the government is giving you that um, as a domestic uh, individual, consumer, the United States guarantees that the money is going to be repaid or the interest is going to be paid, okay? Uh-huh. Um, the, the United States government may not pay out any gold coins. A person lawfully holding United States coins and currency may present the coins and currency to the Secretary of the Treasury for exchange dollar for dollar for another United States coin and currency other than gold or silver and silver coins that may be lawfully held. The secretary shall make the exchange under regulations prescribed by the secretary. Now, so, let me ask a question. All right. United States coin or currency, right? Mm-hmm. All right. But the reserve notes are not co- United States coin or currency. Okay. United for this to be United States coin or currency, all right, it would have to be issued by the Treasury of the United States, which Federal Reserve notes are not. ACR one ninety two, uh, Public Law seventy three dash ten, all right, it stops the payment of, of debts in gold and silver, but it. The Federal Reserve notes were made legal tender. All right. If if I owe you a thousand dollars, all right, and I offer to pay you in Federal Reserve notes, all right, you have to you take it or the you take it as payment to discharge the obligation. It's not paying the debt. At all. This is why when people pay off their mortgages or car notes, they don't get those notes back because they're not being paid off with Federal Federal Reserve notes. Bouvier's 1856 dictionary, go look up the definition of the word dollar and be, you know, this is all from Congress. I mean, this is Congress telling you what a dollar is. Mm-hmm. All right. So basically, and the funds that you are using, they don't eliminate a debt. They weren't meant to. If, what, what is, you got, it's a play on words. All right. When they, when they did away with gold and silver, all right, 1933, under 192, all right, they took a Federal Reserve notes and made them legal tender, okay, for the payment of, for pay, 
it's not payment, it's discharge, dollar for dollar. So if you hold, if you have a debt that's worth $1,000 in gold and silver, all right, you can go discharge the debt with $1,000 in Federal Reserve notes. But you got to be careful. Again, we're back to wordplay uh, on that. I, I don't remember the case law, people. I'm sorry, but it's on it's on my money doc. The definition of a discharge uh, it was a um, uh, I can't think of what kind of case it was. A bankruptcy case, and it clearly says that a discharge uh, relieves a debtor of payment of the debt. Okay, it discharges the obligation. It does not pay the debt. The debt remains. Okay? This is why you're not getting your promissory notes and mortgage notes and stuff back from these banks. Because they're holding them and they're still using them as money. Right. Um, You should be... You should be getting something for that. It's payment. But it's not happening that way. Okay. C1. The government withdraws its consent given to anyone to assert against the government. You see that? The government withdraws its consent (laughs) given to anyone to assert against the government. Its agencies or its officers, employees, or agents, right, a claim on a gold clause, public debt obligation, or interest on the obligation. Uh, You can't file a claim for United States coins or currency or... You can't file a claim arising out of the surrender, requisition, seizure, or acquisition of United States coins or currency, gold or silver, involving the effect or validity of a change in the metallic content of the dollar or in a regulation about the value of money. Okay? That was uh, C. So you can't, these are three things that you cannot file a claim against the government for, okay? Paragraph one of this subsection does not apply to a proceeding in which no claim is made for payment or credit in an amount greater than the face or nominal value in dollars of public debt obligations or United States coins or currency involved in the proceeding, except when consent is not withdrawn under this subsection and amount appropriated for payment on public debt obligations and for United States coins and currency may be expended only dollar for dollar. Okay? You get that? Yeah, I heard you. 
Now, interpreting so, it is a different. Well, the interpretation, because it's for banking and finance, I guess, um, you can't make a claim against the government regarding any interest, uh, regarding any type of monetary issue, right? See, you cannot file a claim arising out of the surrender, requisition, seizure, or acquisition of United States coins or currency, gold or silver involving the effect or validity of a change in the metallic content of the dollar or in a regulation about the value of money. So you can't file a claim against them in reference to all of these things that are in A, B, and C, right? Yeah. Okay. It just says, uh, paragraph one of this subsection does not apply to a proceeding in which no claim is made for payment or credit in an amount greater than the face or nominal value in dollars of public debt obligations or United States coins or currency involving involved in the proceeding. So I'm thinking that it doesn't apply, right? Where yeah. I guess you're discussing uh, some kind of, it's not a claim though. Uh, other, let me see, amount greater than the face or nominal value in dollars of public debt obligation. You know, that's so weird, the way they say it. Or nominal value in dollars of public debt obligation. So all those well, dollars are a public debt obligation, right? Yeah. Remember, exactly. remember one thing. In nineteen, I want to say, nineteen oh six. Mhm. No four. Climate versus United States. Supreme Court case that declared what the definition of peonage was. Mm-hmm. In case you don't know, peonage is debt slavery. Peonage mm-hmm. is evidence of indebtedness. Okay? Mm-hmm. Any evidence of indebtedness is um uh, is peonage is classified as peonage, and that falls under uh, 42 U.S. Uh, I'm going to state this. I don't know if it's right or wrong. 42 U.S.C. 1994, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay, peonage is outlawed. This is why when you know when you get a bill. Uh, this is my belief. You got all these people paying your 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 debts for you, your bank, and all these other people because technically you cannot be in debt. Okay. Mhm. When you get a you know a bill isn't is not evidence of indebtedness. Okay, 
it is uh, from what I understand. Now, what I like to, I certainly have asked these people, debt, you know, these debt collectors, uh, point blank, that I require a a letter, all right, a certified letter, okay, of this of my indebtedness to you. I, as a, mm-hmm. you know, client, I signed under, uh, under per, uh, painted a uh, perjury. Mm-hmm. I, and you guys, well, they won't send you one of those. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. so the second they do, they're, they're putting their head on the chopping block and handing you the act again. Uh, see, Wolf? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Take over for a couple of minutes. My nurse is here. Uh, okay. Okay? Yeah. Go ahead. So what I'm reading here in number three is accept when consent is not withdrawn under this subsection, an amount appropriated for payment on a public debt obligation and for United States coin and currency may be expended only dollar for dollar. Um, I'm believing that this would mean if, uh, I don't know, they don't really say who they're talking about here, but since they are talking about banking and finance and, um, uh, payment, uh, I guess if you don't withdraw your consent or somebody's not withdrawing consent under this subsection, an amount appropriated for payment on a public debt. Public debt obligation means uh, all of us who are out there doing business. Uh, you can appropriate, um, I mean, you can only put the obligation, uh, shall only be expended only dollar for dollar, like to say, you know what, you owe me $3,000, so you can't go over that amount. You're only going to get paid whatever they say you owe them. Um, well, when HR 192 was mm-hmm. written and it outlawed gold, it made, like I said, it made Federal Reserve notes legal tender, and it would dis. See, there's where they got us. They didn't. It doesn't say that it will pay the debt dollar for dollar. It mm-hmm. will discharge the debt all dollar for dollar. And that's when you have to look up the definition of discharge. What does discharge mean? And I mm-hmm. found that in that case law where discharge uh, discharges the obligation, but the debt remains, which, mm-hmm. you know, we you got to look. Well, you think go, about it. You're saying the obligation is removed, but the debt still remains because you're paying with what? Debt instruments? No, the Federal Reserve notes are, are not a debt. Everybody wants to say they're a debt instrument. Mm-hmm. They're, um, no, I said debt. You know, like a debt instrument? Well, they're... Oh, heck, I just, my mind just put blank on me. Okay. There's, it's, so, it's like... Um, the bills of credit. 
Okay. okay. You have uh, when when you when you're handed a a hundred dollars in, in Federal Reserve notes, you're you're being handed a hundred dollars in credit. Okay. Wow. And that's what people get it and make the mistake that this is a, a, a bill of a, what do they call it? Oh my god. What, bill of exchange? Well, like a bill of exchange, but it's actually a bill of credit. Okay. Okay. And, you know, right. a bill of credit. Bill of credit can work many ways. I I I can give you credit, and you know, people walk around this country, and everything is based on what credit. Your credit score. Right. And you know. Everybody thinks the Federal Reserve note is, is a promissory note. Mm-hmm. It, it's not. It's a, it's a it's a bill of exchange. You know, my mistake. It's not a bill of exchange. It's a bill of credit. Okay. Okay. And and you, you know you look at things. Like I said, you go buy a car, rent an apartment. Everything, everything is based on credit today. Right. That's a bill of credit. Right. So you know, because the reason why I'm going over this is because, like, I've heard so much crap. And I'm not going to say, it's not from anyone in particular, to be honest with you. But I'm looking at all the stuff that are being posted and, um, yeah, you can discharge your debt if you do this or that. But when I'm looking at the laws, remember, when I look at the laws, it's so different compared to how other people read the laws. Because let me, let me, me, me and you both know this, Southern, that most of the stuff that they're writing, right, they're not written for us, okay? That tells them how to do their job, not us. Let me uh, let me tell you something, mm-hmm. okay? Everybody jumps on the A for B, except for the value. The except yeah. for value, okay? I know some people down here that swore by it. They paid off their houses, they paid off their cars, and they they taught a whole bunch of people and made a whole bunch of money teaching these people until, guess what? They lost their houses, they lost their cars, and, and everything else. Now, if these people are not going to let us do this stuff. All right, they're, they're just not going to, if you think they're going to do this, it's not going to happen. These people, you've you got to be careful with what people tell you because a lot of these people that t- said stuff, all right, and, and taught people how to do some of these sneaky little things, 
They're sitting in prison. Okay, I, I don't promote it. I never have promoted it because personally I can't prove that it works. Now, like I said, I know that uh, I'm not going to name anybody in particular, but I was told that these particular people set all this stuff up to get, to put the, uh, to fool the patriots out there and put them all in jail. All right? They knew what they were doing. All right? And I guess the lawyers were all in on it and the courts were all in on it. You know, these people ran out and did all this and then they they wound up in, you know, sitting in jail. Yeah, they or did. Losing, or losing their property. So, but, you know, you, you you try to tell people things and they, they don't listen. Right. I tried to tell yeah, them. Yeah, I think that... I have posted on my Facebook and and in Legal Deception where they say that um, I'm trying to pull it up right now. Hold on one second here. Um, damn it. I'm I'm sitting here trying to uh, look for something I posted. Um, hold on here. Okay. So this week I had posted online, right, that if you go to uh, the Senate document 43, 73rd Congress, first session, uh-huh. right, according to the document, citizens, okay, and you also know that you're called individuals, right, by them. Do not own any property, okay? And a paragraph out of the Senate document 43 says that basically um, basically said that individuals have no right to own property. The ultimate ownership of all property is in the state. Individual so-called ownership is only by virtue of government, law amounting to a mere user and use and use must be in accordance with the law and subordinate to the necessities of the state. So you don't own any property. That's why they give you that monopoly money to pay for it. I guess that's what they do is how they're getting away, which... You know, when I read this, it clarified. The, this is um, also um, the, um, the first session uh, of 73rd Congress, first session. This is right after uh, the Great Depression, okay? Uh-huh. So you're paying with these Federal Reserve notes. You can pay with a check or whatever you want to pay with, okay? But here's where it comes in. Amounting to mere usury, okay, I'm just going to say it like that. You're, you're, you know, you're using whatever the property is, 
And use must be in accordance with law and subordinate to the necessities of the state, okay? And this allows me to understand more clearly why uh, when, you know how, uh, like around maybe 2010 or five, they began taking everybody's home from them, right? And saying that, oh, people weren't able to pay their mortgage and this and that. We're seizing all these properties, right? That's because you didn't really pay them. I know, I know someone. I'll give you two examples. I know a person, a lady, actually, who bought this house, and she just had it for like two years before that problem started kicking in. And she brought in all the canceled checks that the bank would, uh, that the financer was cashing, right? And the judge just ignored all the paperwork. And she provided them evidence that, yeah, I was paying this obligation, right? And still Mm -hmm. took her house. Why? Because you're not really paying for it. You're only using it. And when the state says they need it back, what do they do? They make up some bullshit laws to trap you into, like, because they're getting ready to take all these houses away again. And what do they do? They take it back off all the people again. And they lied. So many people are like, oh, you just didn't want to pay your, your mortgage. Um, you just uh, didn't want to pay the taxes. on. No, that's not true. I know many people that have gone into court, brought in evidence and proof of payment, right? Um, yeah. You remember, Southern, that this one lawyer, she was on TV, right, in Florida. Me and you talked about this one time. Remember she said she bought a house outright she took money from her bank account this one lawyer and the house sold for like let's just give an example two hundred thousand so she wrote a check for two hundred thousand so about a week later this bank calls her and says that they're going to foreclose on her like what are you doing on this property she says i outright paid it i bought it paid in full why are you saying that i didn't pay for it you know, everybody began inquiring about this because she said, if you're saying that I don't own this property, even though I cut a check and you guys cashed it, oh, we're just saying that we're the real bank for this property. That's bullshit, okay? They're all working together. Back she around. Huh? Well, they're not going to challenge her on TV. She went before the news. Why? Because... Then they're going to say, hey, something fishy is going on here. This lady just bought a house and wrote a check out and uh, paid it outright. And another bank comes in and said, no, we're the ones who own this property, right? There was a... Because he's a lawyer. There was a piece of property. He's a lie to a lawyer? Mm-hmm. There was a piece of property. I know this for fact because I used to go camping and hunting on, on this man's property. I, the sheriff of the county had a swamp buggy parked out there. Notice I said the sheriff mm-hmm. and a bunch of other people. I, now, to our knowledge, that piece of property never had a mortgage. It was decreed to the family uh, by the king of Spain uh, back when the Spanish ruled Florida. Okay? We're talking like a hundred and something thousand acres. All right? 
Guess what happened one day? Bank stepped in and took it. Yeah. And the court went along with it. Yeah, I know like, some people house down on I want to say South Beach. Uh huh. Yeah, it was it was down that area, and uh, the bank came after them and took their house too. Yeah. You know. Like I would say, when the state, when they're done playing Monopoly with you, because they are Monopoly, all of them, then they come back and they seize your properties. First of all, they seized you before they seized those properties when you're a little kid. But when you're paying with a check or uh, I know you can't, I don't think you can pay in cash, but maybe you can because... I've been hearing throughout Texas that people were making cash offers, right? It says here that citizens, a.k.a. individuals, do not own any property. So that house that you bought, you're only using it. And not only are you using you're freaking paying taxes on that property. Taxes Get it? Property tax. You're paying taxes, you're paying the upkeep, yeah. the security yeah. and everything. If it isn't really yours, who compensated you for the labor? I don't know. You know? So, when the state wants something back, that's how they take it back off of you because it's you're not really an owner. You're a renter with believing that you're an owner. So um, what I was saying was that in this um, U.S. code, uh, let me see. I, I want to go to, hold on. There's something here. Oh, no. oh, there's one more. I had to go down one. Let me see. Yeah. Hold on. Um, they claim they claim to have an independent judiciary, right? But all the people sitting on these benches are lawyers, okay? Mhm. They're not supposed to be sitting on these benches, okay? We're supposed to have somebody from the community on these benches. But that's how they get away with a lot of this stuff. It's because the lawyers are making the law. They're writing the law. House Judiciary mm-hmm. can... All right. Then, the, then they're voting on the laws. Mm-hmm. Then they're interpreting the laws. Then they're enforcing the laws. So, you know, every time you turn around, you're dealing with a lot. You're dealing with a lawyer. And... I don't think that they're supposed to be sitting on these benches. No, nah, they claim look that... How they, look that at how this they word this one. Okay, They claim the other, 
about this is uh, hereditary to the judiciary. Yeah, well, there's only one problem. Uh, the, the lawyers are taking over this country. And until we start getting them out of office, I, we're, we're going to be in trouble, people. I'm going to stay in trouble. Well, I'm going to read number two here now. An obligation is uh, an obligation issued containing a gold clause or governed by a gold clause is discharged on payment, dollar for dollar, in United States coin or currency that is legal tender at the time of payment. Okay? Mm-hmm. This paragraph does not apply to an obligation issued after the 27th of October of uh, 1977. Okay. So I guess it'll be... uh, Okay, now I'm going into um, Money and Finance uh, 5119. Okay. A, except to the extent authorized in regulations the Secretary of the Treasury prescribes with the approval of the President, the Secretary may not redeem United States currency, including, see now, you know, this is what I was explaining to Southern. If they meant it was for me and you, they will say it's for me and you or they'll title you as an individual. That's another way of them saying that, letting you know that they're speaking to you. But it says here, including Federal Reserve notes and circulating notes of Federal Reserve banks and national banks in gold. However, the Secretary shall redeem gold certificates owned by the Federal Reserve Banks at times and in amounts uh, in amounts the Secretary decides are necessary to maintain uh, the equal purchasing power of each kind of United States currency. When redemption in gold is authorized, the redemption may be made only in gold bullion bearing the stamp of a United States mint or assay office in the in an amount equal at the time of redemption to the currency presented for redemption. Okay? That's only when uh, gold is authorized to be used. Okay? Uh, B1. Except as provided in subsection C1 of this section, the following are public steps bearing no interest. Right? Uh-huh. certificates issued before January 30th of 1934. Okay. Silver certificates. Notes issued under the Act of July the 14th, 1890. Federal Reserve notes for which payment was made under Section 4 
of the Old Series Currency Adjustment Act. United States currency notes, including those issued under Section 1 of the Act of February 25, 1862, the Act of July the 11th, 1862, the Resolution of January 7, 1863, Section 2 of the Act of March of 1863, or Section 5115 of this title, right? Uh So, let me see here. 5115, okay. So, hold on. Circulating notes of Federal Reserve banks and national banks issued before July the 1st, 1929, for which the United States government has assumed the liability. Outstanding currency referred to in section subsection 1B of this section. Um, okay, let's see here. Okay, so section 2. When the secretary makes a determination under this subsection, the secretary shall reduce the amount of, of that currency outstanding by the amount the secretary determines will not be redeemed and credit the appropriate received amount. So everything is done by the secretary. You know, um, I had read one law once. I pulled it up. I guess I have to pull it up again. Where you can uh, put money, you know, like to try to pay off the debt, you know, reduce the public debt, right? But... um, the actual Secretary of the Treasury does not have to use that money to pay down the debt at all. Even though you say you want it for that, um, they don't have to do that. I had read a law regarding that too. Um, I, I just noticed like in here, right, uh, that they do talk about the Federal Reserve note, right? But they don't really tell you, like, I don't see in here, yeah, they're talking about discharging the debt, right? But I don't see them instructing you to, you got to do A, B, and C to discharge your debt. Because all of this that you're reading here is all pertaining to financial institutions, like banks and finance companies and stuff. Uh, let's see. Um and like I said, it's Title 31, money and finance, right? Redemption and cancellation of currency on Westlaw. You know, this is, um, let me see, what is 5115 here? I already read 5115. Like, when I see people saying you got to do A, B, and C to get your debts discharged, right? Well, according to McFadden, he never said that you were supposed to do A, B, and C to get your debts discharged, right? He said all you needed was your signature, okay? Mm-hmm. Your signature, not that you submit all these different paperwork, right? Um, let me see what else I was looking at. Here's something else. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is 
I guess my partner's not on here right now, the other partner. But you know how I told you I'll write something up and, and write page of the order of and attach the, the birth certificate to it and that activates the bond, right? So somebody decided to try it on something else, two different things actually, but um, they paid off their student loan and they paid off, uh, uh, there's some kind of case in bankruptcy, and uh, that individual got their debts paid too. Like, I would write something, but I write it against the birth certificate. And then it happens the other way around. Like, I would see people saying, oh, yeah, um, now I'm not saying not to do it, though. You file a 1099-A, and then you give uh, other people the other parts of a 1099, right? And the debts will be, you know, discharged. That could work, but if you write it against the birth certificate, um, you get a letter back saying it's paid. And somebody tried this, and they got their student loan extinguished and something else, but I'm going to look it up because I just got the paperwork today, and it was very simple. Like, you write a note. Like, I tell you, write a note for your school stuff for your kids, and now you've taken the birth certificate, and you're not using it anymore as your identity. You're using this as, um, like, I guess you're the creditor after that. But you have to write things on there. And I see people saying, oh, you got to write diagonally, you got to write it in red. You... I didn't write anything in red. I think both times I wrote something, I wrote it and signed it with black and blue ink. So um, I'm going to find the law because I have to download the documents. I started downloading them today. They uh, gave to me um, the evidence. I wanted to see the evidence that they do the same thing that we do with the school. And then the IRS sends you the forms. I see people saying, I need this form, and um, I need to discharge the debts so I can buy this or that. But it works the other way around. When you write a note to someone and you tell them what you want and what it's for and pay to the order of, right, then the IRS not the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service then turns around and sends you um, the forms that you need to fill out for the specific institution that you wrote the note to. Like, you know how there's like, I think there's 28 different types of 501Cs and stuff. So you, it's going to tell you, like, you're going to fill out this 1099, whatever, and I was reading and it says, I'm the creditor. Okay. But... And you know that the all-caps name is the principal. So when you take your name and you start signing things and uh, you endorse it, they have to turn it around and write whatever on the back and cash it in. Because then, And then the IRS will send you, um, you paid uh, so many dollars. Um, see, I wrote a blank check. Uh, for a school, you know, like for all payments, public and private, right? So at the end of the year, I, you know, not even at the end of the year, I get a package from Internal Revenue and they say, okay, these are the forms you need to fill out. It'll say, which educational 
institution received the funding, right? And how much was it for? Why? Because I gave them a blank check. Like the way I wrote it, I didn't give them a specific amount. I just said for payment. The magic word is payment. And then they send you the thing and you write in, you know, because you got to get a financial statement from them saying, you know, how much did they acquire for that year of schooling or whatever. But you get a bill and then you do that the same for the student loans. But here's a difference. Um, which is crazy, but they found a formula in the tax law, right, for payment of something. But it wasn't with the 1099 forms. They found it under the, the taxation laws for Indian people, the Native Indians. So what happens if you do the same thing, you get the same thing happening to you. So... I'm going to download that today to find out which law uh, they were using. But that's what someone told me when I did the three-part trust purchase for a car. They were like, oh, I know what you're trying to do. And I said, what? I used to work with Indian people from the reservations, and this is how they would pay for things too. But I didn't finish it, so... I'm going, I've been looking in boxes all week. I think I found the right box to pull out my invoice. But it wasn't found in your regular tax laws. It was found in their tax law. And so I was like, did you send any kind of uh, 1099 forms in? Uh, No, they sent it to me at the end of the year. Why? Because you're the one giving them the credit, so... They're telling you here, uh, it even said something in there. You know, you're the creditor. You gave them so much in credit. Now it's showing that you're giving out the credit. Okay? But I want to go through those documents. It's so funny because every time I do a call, I'll be wanting to talk about something, and then something comes in uh, to support what I've been saying all along is, like, I know people are jumping through a lot of hoops, right? But I just wanted to read that Title 31 because what I'm reading is you cannot make a claim against the government. It says it right there regarding even the monetary value of currency. You can't bring a claim against them. You... The problem that I'm seeing is that people keep assuming and presuming that whatever is being written pertains to them, and then they get in trouble. This was not written for you. It was written for the financial institutions that are uh, all these standing financial institutions across this country. That's what they're supposed to do, not you. You're different. And so I'm going to see, I'm going to try to validate, like, what I've been doing. You also know people in the previous calls that I wrote a bond. I keep saying write a bond because that's what they say. That's what they call it, a bond. Uh, For the light company, and I told them that it was for the deposit. 
I had already paid with Federal Reserve notes, okay? How about when I wrote the bond and I wrote that it was for um, uh, deposit, guess what? They put the same amount in there that I put in with my Federal Reserve notes. Except this time I wrote my own note. So I got another, I think it was like 279 is what I paid in Federal Reserve notes, right? But then I wrote my own note with my hand cock on there, and I put a copy of the birth certificate saying it's copy, uh, void where prohibited, you know, use only for the intended purpose listed on the note, okay? And then uh-huh. and a week later, I went in, and it said that I have another $279 for the bond that I wrote. Now I had, like, close to $600. So I was like, hmm. If he just did this to pay off the student loan, and I did that to put a bond down for my deposit by writing what? A simple note, okay? Note. Then I was like, I'm going to go in there and get this tax law and read it because that is what that individual did. And their debt became discharged and something else too, something with the courts that they had to have discharged. And they didn't have to write anything fancy or putting all these forms in there. Why? You're not the IRS. Listen to what I'm saying. You are not the IRS. Those U.S. codes that you're reading or tax laws and stuff, you're not the IRS and you know what else you're not? You're not a financial institution. Okay? You're a consumer of goods and services. So, and you're an individual according to them, okay? That's what, if you see the word individual, then they're talking about you, okay? Um, and that's if you want to be the individual. Like, you, you don't have to be an individual. You could be a not-for-profit or whatever you want to be. But what I'm saying is that the laws that are written in those codes People, you're doing the same thing all over again. It took us three years to get you to understand that whatever the Constitution um, says, it wasn't for you. Like, I'm going to plead the fifth, right? Right? Well, you find out later, you plead the fifth, and they're still hammering you. Why? Because that doesn't apply to you. That applies to uh, the federal government. And remember I taught you this a while back. When they ask you questions, you just say, I have a right to remain silent. Now, they understand that in plain English. Or you say, I'm preserving my First Amendment rights. No, I have a right to free speech. And I have a, also a right to remain silent. You know what? They don't say, uh, uh, a police officer doesn't pull you over and say, um, you, have, you have the right to, what is the first, um, Southern, what is the first, um, uh, amendment. What is the First Amendment right? The First Amendment? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Do they come up to you and say, um, if you say something, you're going to be um, violating your First Amendment right of the Constitution. Do they say that to you? No, they don't. Again, somebody was telling me to try to get around the jurisdiction thing again, right? But one thing 
that you got to make very clear is this. Every time I go into something and I read it, I see that it's not really written for you, but I see people trying to do things as if it was written for you. And then later on they have a problem or something, you know. Oh, my debt, it came back again. Or, you know, um, I got in trouble. It'd be anything. could be anything. But when we first started looking at those laws, I just kept telling Southern, these laws are not written for people. They're written for institutions and governments and stuff and businesses. But it doesn't say, and I told them, I'm going to prove to you, because look what it says here, that they derive, these men derive their power uh, by by the consent, by those who consent to be governed, right? Well, who are you? It didn't say a man or a woman. You are the ones who are consenting to be governed, and that would be your name in that, in that aspect of uh, the Constitution or preamble. Think about every document you're looking at. And every time you look at it, you're, you know, you're thinking it, it applies to you. It isn't, it's instructions for them to discharge a debt dollar for dollar, not you. Once you're done doing that and they discharge it or make it go away, it makes the obligation go away, but the debt doesn't go away. Then they come at the end of the year, and I guess you perfect it by going in and filling out the forms that they sent to you because you sent it to a certain type of institution. They're going to send you the forms that you need to fill out to, um, I guess, get back the credit you gave, okay? So... I was just telling Southern, screw that. And I told the other guy, screw that. I'm going to go over all these finance things, uh, banking laws, finance, and I'm going to get down to the bare bones and find out exactly what is going on and what you should be doing. Because every time I, I look at something, I see something's like wrong. And then when I go to check, it was because this isn't for you. Like you don't go into... Um, a bank, right? And you tell them how to how to do their banking system, right? They have their own rules and regulations. Okay? The same thing goes with government institutions. They're prescribing remedy and law and policy and procedure so that they do their job the right way. And when people yeah. try to take those laws and use it for your own gain, you get in trouble because it's not for you. That's not how you would do it, right? What do you think, Southern? I hope I'm hitting the nail on the head with this. You probably are. Uh-huh. I just want a couple of weeks to go over everything. And then if I see that this is exactly what happened, is like the same thing we did when I wrote the bond for the schools and the light company, then I'm getting somewhere, okay? They're supposed to be, um, the institution is supposed to turn that in, okay? Or if it's something you're trying to acquire, I'm believing that you have to have the right type of paperwork, which is a three-part paperwork, okay? A- person who's uh, you're doing business with, B, 
you and I think C uh, uh, three is the treasury. Are you supposed to send it to to uh, do the payment? I don't think you're supposed to be attaching anything to that at all, except for maybe pay to the order of um, I'm going to buy this item, right? I'm hoping that this is the right way, so that way um, you guys can do something and get it right. So is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Southern? No. Let me put it like this. Mm -hmm. If these people... The way they've got this monetary system set up, mm-hmm. I, it's it's a, it's a mess. Ford's, I think uh, Henry Ford said it best. If people fully understood the monetary system of this country, the revolution would start tomorrow morning. And I think he's right. Mm-hmm. Because the Mm-hmm. Um, emergency banking section four, I think it is. Okay. For every, for every dollar of Federal Reserve money on the street, mm-hmm. there must be an equal amount uh, of uh, securities in the Federal Reserve. Right. This is why we never you you never get your promissory notes and stuff back. Right. We if we paid all this off tomorrow morning, there wouldn't be any money or Federal Reserve notes, right? Bills of credit on the street, they would they would be all gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we don't have enough gold to go around. I said this before. Mm-hmm. You can you can look up how much gold we have is a site out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you look it all up, uh, and you divide it by 330 million people, mm-hmm. and tell me, tell me what you come up with. I uh, it ain't very much, people. Right. You won't even you won't even buy yourself a a, a hamburger. Mm-hmm. Go with it. Yeah, well, like when you're running a business and you do a 1040, say something like 1040, and you're putting all your stuff that you've made and all your deductions so everything can balance out, you're going to do that because you're a business. Even if you're self-employed, you still have to do like the return and you do your deductibles, right? Mm -hmm. And you submit it, and if they're done wrong, they're going to send it back to you, and you know, they're going to tell you what's wrong, right? Yeah. So remember one thing, right? The IRS sends you a, a a letter or whatever. 
It's got some little funky seal on it. Mm-hmm. IRS is not government. Right. It's a private corporation. Mm-hmm. Registered Delaware. I told people many, many times, you got to go and get the uh, articles of incorporation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just yeah. saying, you know, because if they're saying that, you know, after the, you know, the New Deal, um, nobody's going to own any property, right? Even if you're buying a house, it says you're really merely just using it, okay? You're paying... This is what infuriates me is that you're on this land, you're born here, or you've been here, right? And you say I'm buying a house, right? And you're really not buying a house, you're renting it. That's a slap in the face to people who really think that they're a homeowner because they're saying that, you know, basically we give you this illusion that you're an owner, but you're really not an owner, you're just a renter, you're using this. You don't have well, rights they, to any type of property, including your children. And you should already know that because you saw the steps that you took to make this happen. Okay? Very sneaky when they took those footprints and the mom's thumbprint and they put on a piece of paper and um, go and you're, you're, under their, you're part of their property now. Well, okay, they're saying not, you don't own it, so that includes children. Uh, you're considered a founding child. Mm-hmm. But, uh... So, I mean, but this is basically just one of the simplest forms to describe how you've been robbed of something, okay? Yeah. Because most women can remember the day, if, you know, unless you were born at home, remember the day that you um, had your baby and you see all those steps that they take, putting the footprints on the paper and then, you know, um, ask, uh, filling out their questionnaire that you don't even know what they're going to do with it or anything. And they whisk off and they just stole your kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they, what else do they do? They write one-way contracts. You go and you buy a house. You put a down payment, right? And then, and then you go in and you get a loan from them. What are you doing? Now you're paying them again with your sweat equity. And then when it's all over in 30 years, they come in here and swoop the damn property right back off of you. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Where, where is these banks getting all this money to make all these loans? They're not allowed to loan out their uh, their uh, people's money from the bank, from what I've been told. All right, so where are they getting this money? I think when people fill out a promissory note and a mortgage which both of those are promissory notes, mm-hmm. that creates money, all right, from the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. You were just about we don't own any property. 
Have you ever looked up the definition of the word tenet? Mm-hmm. Go look up the definition of the word tenet. Right. We're like sharecroppers out here. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, like, all these rules and regulations, people, they're used so they can rob and pillage every, everything you have. But not only do they drain you of life because you're sitting here paying for a mortgage, right? And you think that you're becoming a homeowner and it says there that it's like an illusion. You think you're the owner, but you're just a mere user of that property. That would piss me off. <laughs> I mean, I don't get mad anymore because I already know they're doing this already. I've learned that like 10 years ago, but I'm trying to make it my duty. I was like, I'm going to download this, 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 and this book. And I should have it done within two weeks to get a really solid ground understanding of what these people are doing here. And I'm going to look over the documents that were sent to me uh, today. And I'm like, maybe I did hit the nail on the head all along but I haven't really used it in so many different places, right? And so, um, yeah, I haven't. I've only used it like on two different things, and and they were they were paid for. But I didn't submit any type of tax paperwork with it, or um, they, you know, they give it to me so that I can do it after that person gets paid. Then they send it to me, and they say, "How much uh, were they funded? How much was used by them?" Uh, so that they could acquire the education, because I did it for my granddaughter's schooling. But that might have been the right way all along, and that's why I want to um, go over all these. um, I want to go over this entire chapter, like, with a fine-tooth comb, because every one of these codes and stuff that people are using, like, you're thinking that you're supposed to do that, but... um, you don't have to, okay? If you're the creditor, like say a bank gives you credit, right? And they write a contract. Do they, are you included in that contract? Did you meet with anybody before you signed off on those documents? Most likely, no, it was a one-way contract. They wrote it up how they wanted it to be done and what manner, like in the end, you know, they're still seizing your property from you. And you're saying, how did I let this happen? Well, it was a one-way contract. And I'm sure you didn't read all overall 70 pages of that before you put your signature on it. And by them doing that, not only did you pay for the house initially when you were approved for that credit, right? Then you paid it again for 30 years. And you're going to uh, pay it again when they take the property back off of you again. So that's almost like, what, a trinity? Let me tell you something. Okay. When, when uh, a few years ago, I know some people in Florida that went to buy a house. Mm-hmm. They were handed the, uh, the paperwork to sign. Mm-hmm. It says on the paperwork, they got the little, the little S, mm-hmm. right, which is a ASO sign. Mm-hmm. You got a, a, a number. 
all right? And then you got USD or US dollar or something like that. Mm-hmm. They took a black magic marker with them, mm-hmm. okay? And whenever they started looking the paperwork over, they whipped out the black magic marker, and the mm-hmm. contractors them. And they started blacking out what they didn't like on the contract. Well, mm-hmm. needless to the, the people from the bank went crazy on them. They didn't get the house. All right? Mm-hmm. And this is a... You're supposed to be able to negotiate contracts. Mm-hmm. Okay? And there's part of the problem. All right? is we're not negotiating these contracts. We're just signing them and that's it. Right. We don't read them. We don't know what's going on. What you do, I believe, is three days. Okay? Mm -hmm. To look the contract over and, and go back on the deal. I believe that's it. They, they have a name for that. Right. I don't remember. But uh, I'd like to see that extended out to 10 days myself to give mm-hmm. you more time to really re- read it. The contract. Right. And go back on it because first off the bat, it tells you to pay in USD. Mm-hmm. What is USD? US dollars? You don't have U.S. dollars. So you can't pay, possibly pay this thing off. Right. U.S. dollar, if you, you would have to go to Bouvier's 1856 and look up the definition of dollar. And then you'd have a heart attack. Yeah. And you realize how bad they're doing this to us. Yeah, actually, like, I look at some of these things, how they do business with you, like a one-way contract, and you sign off on it, and right there and then you're being cheated out of something that you weren't aware of. And and they're going to say, we would never do that. Yeah, you would. You stole people's children right when they're born. You take advantage of them and steal their footprints and stuff. Uh, of course, you, you're going to do that because you know what? You know that you're making you're, you're triple dipping, and then you know whose credit goes bad? Your credit goes bad, all because of the stuff that they know that they write it up for you to fail. Yeah. If we look at it this way, we can't ever pay off all all these debts. Right. The second we pay off these debts, there won't be any mm-hmm. money in. Okay? Yeah. And we're screwed. Yeah. So they got, you know. I mean, yeah. And, and you know, like, I know people, I, I look at it, I see them out there all the time looking for a quick fix. Can you give me a copy of the document? 
I want proof that you've done. You know what? If somebody tells you how to do it, right, and you do that, and it doesn't work for you, maybe you need to go back and retrace your steps of what you're doing. Um, but that doesn't mean that something's not going to work. Well, if you if you're gonna play in this game, okay, it, it's like the, the gambler. You gotta know when to hold up, and you gotta know when to fold up, and you yeah. gotta know when to when to run. Because there, you know, people are telling me that I'm full of it, but I know for a fact that there's government entities out there, okay, that. Uh, have uh, created some things and put it out there just to trap people and put them in jail. I know that for mm-hmm. a fact. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, I was told uh, did a lot of that. You got to be careful because like there's. There's uh, organizations out there that would lo- love to get you all into in a situation with the law. Right. But and, actually, they go in there and um, they try to put you on the wrong side of the law. Like, um, I had seen someone the other day. I was on um, somebody's chat. And... They were asking the individual, like, they were like, oh, you got to do a change of status. And then you can do, you know, you set up your trust and and do A, B, and C. So the guy says, well, who am I going to send the change of status to? Oh, you can, you got to email me or get with me later. He said, no. Why don't you just tell me right now? Why are you acting like it's a big secret if you were true intentions are to help people, you wouldn't be saying, oh, email me later and I'll give, I'll give you the answer. He said, if you have, if you truly, I'm serious. He said, if you're really trying to help me, why do I have to email you? Just say it right here. They ignored him. Yeah, because, you know, there's so many bullshit, excuse my friend, Bullshit artist out here that it's not funny. Right. It's 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 a joke. And you got these people who 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 buy into it. And then when they get in trouble, you know, they wanna whine and cry. Well, excuse me, if you ain't getting asking the right questions up and getting evidence up front, you're in trouble. Yeah. I at first have never told anybody to go out there, okay, and pull off any of this stuff. Because I've seen how people all right, lose everything they got, all right, lose their house, and, and end up in jail. A I've lot heard of people, worse, like, um, people I have myself uh, on my computer that was sent to me mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me how to, uh, Put a, uh, the three-step process 
to put mm-hmm. me on the different people. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, yeah. It worked for a few years. But where, where's the guy now? He's sitting in jail. You know, these people will let you, if you get away with it for a little while. And like you saw what it says there in that law that you cannot file a claim against um, these people. It says it very well, clearly, you, and that's why I wanted to read that. The United States government and the state governments claim sovereignty, okay? They're not really sovereigns because... Uh, They're elected public servants, all right? They're not sovereign, but they claim sovereignty. Uh, and under the law of sovereignty, all right, if you want to sue a sovereign, you've got to get their permission to, to sue them, okay? Or put a claim on them. For decades, the, the, the judges and everybody hid behind the 11th Amendment. Right. And it says you can't sue us because of the 11th Amendment. That's not what the 11th Amendment Okay. Um, Back about 20-something years ago, we figured, some of us figured that out. Right. All right. But, you know, these people want to hide them. What I read there in the, um, the banking um, let me go back in there again and read that top portion to you. Um, look what it says here. Um, let's see, about, uh, it's called, listen to this. Once again, I'm going to read it for chapter 31. Gold clauses and consent to sue. Okay? Mm-hmm. What are you saying there? The United States will not give their consent for you to sue. They won't give you consent. You can't sue that financial institution. That's what they're saying. So uh-huh. when the bank comes to steal your house, right? I read it to you in plain English. You don't have their consent to sue. Okay? That's why well, I said, you-, you know what? Yeah, that's what it says. They don't give you consent to sue. Wait a minute. Hold on. Mm -hmm. The bank coming after you is not the United States government. Okay? All right. You're you're dealing with, you know, apples and oranges here. Yeah. Can you you counter sue the bank that's coming after you? If there's something wrong with the contract, maybe, but... Uh, you know what, Southern, do you remember that time when I was in Florida and I told you I was talking to this guy, uh, whoever's in charge of the banking in the state of Florida, right? Do you remember what that yeah. guy told me one time? What? I go, yeah, we should, I want to sue the bank because of this and that. You know what he said? What? Honey, you can't sue the bank. He goes, there's only huh. one way. Remember what he said? You better write a very good 
challenging and challenging claim against them, right? Uh-huh. And if they bite, if they bite, like you really piss them off, they might accept your claim against them. Remember, you well, said that to me. Was that against the point or was that against the state of Florida? If I remember no, correctly. It, it's, uh, I think it was, no, it was because of the foreclosures, remember? And he well, was that, saying that, that you can file the claim, but uh, you, you don't, they don't have to accept it. And, and he said if they don't accept it, you don't have a lawsuit. It's, it, you look at some of these um, uh, documents, these court documents, mm-hmm. they, they got uh, pro- issues with the document. I don't know what they call them now. All right? But they're, they're not correct. And you, you need to, people need to start doing going over these documents better. How about right? when uh, now, the Supreme Court says um, that when somebody's doing something and they came to that opinion that it is unconstitutional? Well, unconstitutionality is a different. But uh, I know somebody here in Florida who did the, 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 the name change. Yeah and corrected her status in court. Yeah. All right. And believe it or not, in, instead of listening to me, they started sending stuff to her under the name of resident. Now, yeah. un, under, that's a defective, a defective document because right. the bottom line under the law of uh, jurisdiction Okay, your your rightful name, legal name, has to be on that document for the right. judge to claim upon a jurisdiction. But you know these people, their job is to is to uh, uh, con you. Right. A lawyer is a lawyer is nothing but a a lawyer is nothing but a con artist. Mm-hmm. All a lawyer is, he's a educated con artist. But, you know, right. I, I, I tell a woman that, you know, they can't do that, but they had got her scared that they were going to foreclose on the house, and she ran out and went, jumped back into the system and filed for bankruptcy. And I told her, you need to take them papers Right on there, no such person, all right, and send them back because there is no such person named a resident living at that address. You know, and if they make you come to court, I would have got an iguana, all right, or a snake, <laughs> and brought it to court and said, This is resident, all right, mm-hmm. this, is, this lives there, now deal with that. Mm-hmm. But you know. I'm I'm a dumb fool and nobody listens. <clears throat> but yes, well, you you uh, can here's, um, unconstitutional, right? With a legal definition. A you can sue these banks 
Especially if you find that they have, you got to go over their paperwork and find the defects in them. All right? I forget which one it was. Um, I don't know the guy's name, but I do know for a fact that he lives in Florida, and he's through Bank of America, all right, for something like $20 million over foreclosure, and he won. I right. He kicked Bank of America to the curb. I don't know who he was, but there was a, a newspaper article about him. Uh, he found so many defects on the paperwork that it wasn't even funny. But and he also, well, I know that he he also charged the judge with uh uh. Being friendly to the uh, to the to the other guy because he was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there with bias and prejudice. He filed charges uh, with with the governor of the state of Florida. Let me tell you something, people. You need to start learning about the representatives. All right, they can be your best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing they want to do is get a charge of, uh, I can't think of the name or this now. I'll get that. I'll get it for you, though. But, right. uh. These people are these people are there to help you, and the people think that there's only one way to deal with stuff in this country, and, and that's take it to court. Mm-hmm. Remember, mm-hmm. One, one thing: that governor sitting up there in in your capital, believe it or not, he is over that court. He can overturn any decision of that court except one, and that is a jury. Right. Um, And I do believe under certain circumstances, he can overturn that, all right, if he finds the person innocent. But, yes, they are head, head magistrate over that court. Your governors are. Right. Well, I found the legal definition of unconstitutional. It's an adjective, okay? Referring Uh to a statute, right? Governmental conduct, court decision, or private contract, such as a covenant which purports to limit transfer of real property only to Caucasians which violate one or more provisions of the U.S. Constitution. The ultimate determination of constitutionality is the United States Supreme Court. Unconstitutional can also refer to violations of a state constitution. Okay? So Mm -hmm. if you're running a government, right, and you have all these codes and statutes and uh, such, um, that's your Bible there. That's how you're supposed to run it. 
but well, hold on a second. Notice that said what it said about the Supreme Court. Read that again. Uh, Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They are the ultimate department of what is constitutional. Yeah. What is? Yeah, the ultimate determination of constitutionality is the United States Supreme Court. Okay, now listen to me carefully again. That's an inferior court created by Congress. Mm -hmm. All right. So who do you think they're going to side with, people? I mean, let's get real here. Okay, we're supposed to be a free country. There's nothing free about the United States. All right, absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to, right. and a lot of people don't have never caught this. The United States Supreme Court only creates opinions. Right. All right, all their decisions. That's right. Is their opinion? Okay. That's what the governor uh, was that. Um, that's what that uh, attorney general said to me. Well, I can't make them do uh, what you want them to do because I'm merely only giving them my opinions. Those writings that you see up there, those are my opinions. They're not like facts. I can't, look at how she says it though. We can't make them do that. I'm just writing my opinion like, um, you know, you're, you're being unconstitutional or, you know what, you're discriminating or that's being discriminatory. But they can't do nothing about it though because they're only given their opinion after they look over all the evidence. What does that tell you? They can't tell other businesses what to do. They cannot tell businesses how to govern their business as an establishment. But they can just tell you, wow, in my opinion, it's unconstitutional, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that the states have to do what they're saying or the locals have to do what the state is saying. Yeah. Like, they don't say, yeah, you're going to have to stop doing what you're doing. They never say to stop doing what you're doing. They just say, we're giving you our opinion on this. Oh, we believe it's unconstitutional. And then you know what we got to say is, so what? You're not going to do anything about this? No, that's why they keep doing what they're doing. Okay, hey, we know. They, they'll probably write down, duly noted, and laugh. Yeah, let me tell you something. They, uh, people will tell you that you can't use uh, case law before 1933, I think it is, or 39. Yeah. Okay? These courts are using it all the time. And yes, you can use it. Okay? They're just saying that I think they're just saying it's no good because the laws could have been amended or repealed or 
uh, whatnot. So we can't apply this anymore because the law has changed. So um, this law won't be any good to address what's happening now. That's what I'm thinking. But um, HJR, was it HJR 192? Yeah, but listen, listen carefully. Wasn't it repealed? HR 192? Yeah, it's HJR 192, right? Yeah, what kind of what kind of green paper you got in your pocket? If they had repealed HJR 192, you wouldn't mm-hmm. have them green the paper in your pocket. Right. Because HJR 192, I turned that into legal tender. Right. All right. And if it had been repealed, then we are really in trouble because we have nothing as right. legal tender. See, look, repeal. To revoke or rescind, especially by the action of a legislature. It's obsolete. To summon back or recall, especially uh, from exile. Look up, look up the word tenant. Hold on. I'm going to look up the legal definition of repeal, okay? Repeal. Yeah, I've been looking. The annulment or abrogation of a previously existing statute by the enactment of a latter law that revokes the former law. The revocation of the law can either be done through an express repeal whereby a statute specifically indicates that the former law shall be revoked and abrogated or through an implied repeal, which arises when the latter statute contains provisions that are so contrary or irreconcilable with those of the prior law that only one can remain in force, right? The repeal of a law differs from the amendment thereof because the amendment of law of a law invokes making a change in a law that already exists, leaving a portion of the original still standing. When a law is repealed, however, it is completely abrogated. Mm-hmm. So if the HJR... Uh, 192, it didn't say it was amended, right, Southern? It said it was repealed. I don't know where people got that re- that it was repealed from. It has not um, been repealed. I saw that when I looked it up online, the, the actual HCR 192, right? Let me see if I can still see that. I don't know if I can, but... If it's been repealed, then Federal Reserve notes are no longer legal tender, Okay, mm-hmm. that means that you might as well just start paying people with rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think I oh. don't laugh? HCR one ninety two made Federal Reserve notes legal tender. If they repealed yeah. that, then Federal Reserve notes are no longer legal tender. So what's legal tender right. now? Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right?
Look up the definition um, of tenant. Tenant? Legal definition. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, tenant. Okay. Tenant. Okay. Tenant. Tenant is an individual who occupies or possesses land or premises by way of a grant of an estate of some type, such as in fee, for life, for years, or at will. A person who has a right to temporary use and possession of a particular real property which has been conveyed to that person by a landlord. Got it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it says there it's only for temporary use. So, I guess when the owner comes back, what do you have to do? You have to give them and back their we, land, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're running out of time here. I'm going to... I was made was aware. I was made aware of something this week. Okay. Right. We have uh, an issue with the police department in this country right now. Mm-hmm. They're going to after these cops on a scale that nobody's ever seen before. Uh, I don't know which police department it was. The person didn't say, but 70, 72 members of the police department, uh, including the chief of police, are under indictment. For? Uh, corruption. Oh, really? And official oppression. And, you know, the list just goes on and on. It's got these I guess it, hey, uh, they, that should grow exponentially with time since most of them do that. Well, it's got these cops out here on the street mad because they're no longer uh, being allowed to just do as they please and get away with it. Right. Okay. So be very careful when dealing with these cops out here on the street. Okay. Because they got a yeah. chip on their shoulder and they're just looking for somebody to, to try to knock it off. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to come back to this again in our next call, right? Um, as I want to, I'm trying to get over this uh, entire. Uh, financial institution BS going on here, but um, yeah, I'm going to look that up, Southern, right? Hold on. I thought I saw something right now. Let's see. Uh, H. Okay, let me see. Um, Actually, let's see. They even have a book on debt discharge the truth behind HCR 192 and accepted for value, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, what? I, I, I already know what it that's going to say. What's it going to say? Well, the p- people take HL-192 as they took the gold from us, so therefore they have to discharge all our debts. Yeah. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing it wrong and interpreting it wrong. Yeah. Okay. But. I wonder, let me see here. I was looking at the, um, some kind of a book here. But, um, no, I want, I was trying to see if, um, hold on one second. <sighs> Lord here. Um, I'm trying to find, uh. Okay, here. Was HJ was HJR one ninety two repealed? They Congress okay. may have repealed some parts of HJR one ninety two. Let me see. It was not repealed. Okay. It says here, let me see. You see the print is so small here, but um let's see, an analysis of the facts. Okay. Was HJR 192 repealed? I can't even count the number of times I've had gullible sovereigns ask me this question. They have blindly believed this patriot mythology without thinking it through, right? <laughs> um, yeah, well, um, I guess we can go and look it up online to see if it was repealed, okay? But if it wasn't, hey, watch out, because we're coming. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to let everybody go. Let me see what time is it. That's almost time. Okay. Yeah, one minute, so our, our two hours are up. But I want to uh, continue strictly with this, okay? Southern, we're going to stick with this. Uh, monetary system, financial institutions, um, and the banking systems um, until we come out with some uh, home runs because we really haven't tackled that part of it yet, and I guess it's time to tackle it now. Hey, since inflation is running rampant around here, and I'm sure it's running rampant around there, your neck of the woods as well. <laughs> so with that, mm-hmm. I want to wish everyone a good night. I hope you enjoyed the call, and we're going to continue with this chapter uh, regarding uh, financial institutions and stuff, and I'm going to really check to see uh, if the HGR 192 was repealed, and it's saying only certain sections of it was repealed. Uh, Let's see which sections um, were repealed, and we can bring that up next week. Because it's really important to know if something's repealed, and you're sitting here saying, you know what, the HDR 192, you know, you got to discharge that. Well, let's see what was taken away from it. Maybe they're not going to allow you to do things the way you were doing it before. So I want to get back with that topic. Um, I'll see you guys next week, same time. Uh, the calls start at 7 Central, 8 Eastern. So that's the new time. We're just kicking it back an hour so that, 
um, uh, Southern can be on here the whole entire time, as well as uh, others who come on board here every Thursday. With that, thank you all, everyone, and have a great night. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night.